the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Impeach the mayor. That's what Daryl Metcalf, a Republican state rep from Cranberry, said he wants to do after the mayor signed new gun restrictions into law yesterday. And Daryl Metcalf is on the line right now from Harrisburg. Uh, Representative Metcalf, thanks for being here. Thank you for the invitation. Good to be with you. So on, on what grounds would you try to impeach Bill Peduto? Well, the, uh, the Constitution is very clear. The power of impeachment in Pennsylvania rests solely with the Pennsylvania House of Representatives. So the reasons for impeachment that are in the Constitution are misbehavior in office. So when you, when you list misbehavior in office, which is what I did when I authored the impeachment resolution for former Attorney General Kathleen Kane, who is now convict Kane, convicted on nine counts of crimes, um, that uh, we didn't even fully uh, list in our impeachment resolution at the time when we knew that there was an abuse of power situation ongoing there in her office. Um, but with, with, the, uh, with the resolution, the uh, resolution will reference, of course, that this mayor has willfully violated the law, uh, violated the Constitution, and from his public statements, knowing going into this that he was doing that with an admonition in a letter from the county DA that he was going to be violating the law and the Constitution and that there could be some people calling for criminal charges, which I would like to see the DA move forward with criminal charges as a result also. But uh, there's clearly uh, enough support based on his actions for the tool of impeachment to be utilized to bring about accountability with this mayor and his council. Have uh, have you put the resolution forward yet, or is that something you're going to do? Something that I'm having drafted currently. We have not uh, had the okay. language finalized yet. I have an attorney in our uh, staff uh, working on that resolution, and once that uh, language is near being finalized, then I'll circulate a co-sponsor memo to my colleagues to seek support from other members of the legislature in the House of Representatives to, to sign on in support of that. And I, I had uh, very few that would support the uh, Kathleen Kane impeachment resolution because of the power of the Attorney General's office that they were fearful of. But with the mayor, I believe it's going to be a different situation. His actions are very clearly a violation of the law and the Constitution. I think we're going to have much more support for impeaching this mayor who has just brazenly and arrogantly violated the law and the Constitution. Now, I'm sure you know he went on Twitter and said that you're 0 for 4 because uh, on your previous initiatives, uh, they were found unconstitutional. What makes you believe you can win this time? Well, that's, that's this mayor's interpretation of, of different legislative battles that we've been involved in over the years. I certainly don't agree with his interpretation. Um, as many people know in politics, there's, there's different varying degrees of victories and wins and, and progress when you're trying to actually move forward on various issues. And I would tell the mayor this. You need to look at the impeachment resolution I authored for Kane. You need to look at the public pressure that we created using that tool on Kane. You need to see and maybe even go visit Kane where she's at now and talk to her about the successes that we've had to hold people accountable in Harrisburg. So this mayor should not sleep well at night with his current illegal activity. Now, you mentioned that uh, uh, District Attorney Stevens Apollo wrote a letter to the mayor uh, before they uh, made it official and told them that right. he didn't think it, it was constitutional and that, that it's possible that criminal charges could be filed, and they did it anyway. What do you make of that? I, you know, I, I, really, I was surprised that uh, District Attorney Zappella had sent that letter, and I think the letter was, was very clear um, to the mayor and council, sent a very clear signal that, uh, that the DA, based on his letter, wouldn't be supporting their efforts and that they could possibly have citizens calling on you know, criminal charges to be um, file, which I think they should be. I think it's very clear in the law, uh, and they should be held accountable for the damage they're do- doing and the violation of people's rights that they're executing with these current actions, and ultimately the taxpayer money that they're then going to cause these same individuals who are having their rights violated to have to spend that'll be utilized 
out of the public treasury by this mayor and his council to defend their illegal actions. Um, so I think the, uh, the letter that the DA sent was uh, appreciated by, by many supporters of uh, the law, the rule of law, and the, the Constitution. And, and I'm hoping the DA will uh, follow through and continue to put his uh, prosecutory power to use in enforcing some accountability there in uh, the mayor's office and the council's office. Constitutionality aside, why is this law a bad idea? Well, it's a, and that's why we had ultimately passed, before I arrived in Harrisburg, the preemption law, because you had Philadelphia at the time specifically was one that was passing their own gun control ordinances. And when you're setting, when you're setting policy for the state so that all of your citizens understand um, the laws in the land, the laws across the state, you shouldn't have a lot of local municipalities creating their own uh, gun control laws, creating their own traffic control laws, creating their own tobacco control laws, whatever they're trying to do, um, you know, it doesn't help to promote a solid, consistent policy that citizens in the state can feel comfortable that they're still law-abiding citizens wherever they're traveling in their state. Um, so it's something that the legislature preempted the uh, local governments from doing is setting policy related to firearms because that's uh, now under the law, clearly just under the uh, purview of the legislature and in Pennsylvania, and the legislature has a responsibility ultimately to uphold and defend the Constitution, which I think is very clearly written that uh, the right to bear arms in defense of yourself and the state and this should not shall not be questioned. So citizens have have a very strong Second Amendment, uh, Article One, Section Twenty One, our Pennsylvania Constitution, right to bear arms, right to have that um, right defended, and uh, that's why they ultimately passed the preemption law to stop those local gun control measures from being put forward and creating a, uh, a maze of policies across the state that citizens wouldn't even understand. I have a few seconds left here, uh, Representative Daryl Metcalf on the line. Um, is it enforceable right now? Their laws, they, they were not going to take effect, I think, on a couple of the ordinances for 60 days. I believe the other was 120 days or 180 days. So those, uh, those ordinances they passed are not in effect as of yet. Um, so that does give uh, us some time to have the DA put additional pressure to utilize the uh, tool of impeachment to create additional pressure to try and force this mayor and his council back into the uh, uh, corner that they came out of uh, while they were thinking about violating the law and the Constitution. Daryl Metcalf, thanks a lot for taking uh, time to be on with us. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Have a great evening. You too. Thank you very much. And meanwhile, there's a lot of uh, evidence out there that says a lot of what the gun control advocates are saying is wrong. We'll have the evidence for you when we come back. Stick around. Getting close to retirement? Experienced a nice Trumponomics bump in your portfolio? Well, we know the market goes up, and unfortunately, we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you design a retirement plan that is bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley Financial uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure that you have a retirement plan that is tax-friendly, stable, and worry-free. Oh, and Speaking of taxes, did you know that Marley Financial can handle that too? With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. Call today for a no-obligation consultation to see just how for 25 years the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. Call 724-884-1496 today. 724-884-1496 or visit them at MarleyFG.com. Have you heard the crack of the bat, the cheers of the crowd? Have you seen the smiles on the faces of the players as they take the field? I'm not talking about the Pirates. I'm talking about what's happening in Moon Township that can only be described as a miracle. This is John Steigerwald. With the help of Pirates Charities and people like yourself, the Miracle League of Moon Township has broken ground on a brand new ball field and adaptive playground where athletes with special needs can play regardless of their ability. At miraclesinmoon.org, you can see the stunning plans for the 9,500-square-foot playground and state-of-the-art ADA-compliant restroom facility with showers, wave technology, multi-level fountains and sinks, mechanical changing tables, and more. It's incredible. 
Our goal? To raise the remaining funds they need to bring it home by first pitch this September. Check it out at miraclesinmoon.org slash donate and make your tax-deductible gift today. That's miraclesinmoon.org slash donate. This message paid for by Robinson Town Center, a Zamias Properties entity. Have you tried digital marketing but don't know if it's getting you customers? Got different companies running your web design, social media marketing, and geofencing, but not sure which is working and which is a waste of your dollars? Contact us at Salem Surround, digital marketing experts who offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales. We can put all your digital marketing under one roof, give you monthly reports on results, and instantly move your dollars to the most effective areas of your digital marketing suite. Social marketing, geofencing, web search enhancement, event targeting, and more. Now there are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. You watch what you eat. You're hitting the gym. You're doing your best to live a healthy life. But did you know that a bad night's sleep and a bad mattress can have a big impact on your health? Here at the Original Mattress Factory, our hand-built mattresses made of the highest quality materials provide the comfort and support needed to provide healthy sleep for years to come. To learn more about how the right mattress can help you achieve healthy sleep habits, visit OriginalMattress.com or stop by an Original Mattress Factory store near you. The gimmicks, the flashy sales, and the big markups. Mattress stores have made the mattress shopping experience confusing on purpose. Ron Trzinski started the Original Mattress Factory to create a better way. He raised the bar on quality, offered hand-built mattresses for a fraction of the cost, and ditched the high-pressure sales tactics, all to create a better mattress buying experience for you. You could say he was the original disruptor. Stop by an Original Mattress Factory store or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, the good guy with a gun theory is one that people who own guns like to apply anytime there's a crime committed with a gun and not just after a mass shooting. Gun control advocates like to laugh that off. Uh, Amy Schwer is a legal policy analyst for legal and judicial studies at the Heritage Foundation. She joins us now with some numbers that support the good guy theory. Thanks for being here, Amy. John, thanks for having me. And uh, you've been on before. We always like to have you on, so I appreciate it. Um, in your piece, you say that uh, numbers about the use of guns in self-defense in the past, uh, maybe including up right up until now, have been hidden. Who's been hiding them, and what do they say that uh, maybe should need, that needs to be said? Well, so I'm going to answer those in reverse, if you don't mind. Uh, sure, so sure. It's ahead. becoming increasingly clear that uh, Americans uh, are quite often using their firearms in defense of themselves or others, um, in a sense, exercising their Second Amendment rights in the way uh, that you know, the Second Amendment envisioned them using their firearms. Um, so there have been a number of studies on this. And generally speaking, those studies range uh, in terms of their findings um, that this occurs between 500,000 to about 3 million times every year. Um, The CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, um, actually during the 1990s uh, found some of this data and conducted surveys on defensive gun uses, um, but then determined that it didn't really fit its narrative at the time, which was to, you know, show that, that guns need to be more regulated and that, um, you know, they're a violent crime epidemic. Uh, and so it actually hid that data from, from public um, awareness. And now that it's been recently you know, put out to light, people have looked at that data and found that that data supports a number right in that range of about a million defensive gun uses per year. Um, so even though that's kind of a wide range, even the lower end of that range at you know, 500,000 to a million far outweighs um, and outpaces the number of times that guns are used uh, in crimes every year. Well, let me get this straight. Uh, so you have a, the Center for Disease Control, which is a government agency, correct? Uh, that's correct, yes. A- and it is the, the purpose of which is to collect data and tell the citizens of America what the data say. Um, and so it was doing pretty much exactly what it wasn't supposed to be doing. And how's, how were they at the CDC able to get away with that? And, and how much, first of all, 
uh, Center for Disease Control would seem to be a, the, a strange organization or um, um, agency to be dealing with guns anyway. Well, that's that's right. So, I mean, there are agencies like the FBI um, that that do you know play a role in in analyzing violent crime and violent crime trends. Um, you know, agencies like the ATF, where it, it makes sense for them to to be analyzing things like this. Um, but the reason the CDC got involved um, was under this impression that that gun violence is is some sort of epidemic, some sort of uh, you know public uh, health risk. Um, which is very much tangential to, you know, how we would understand the problems of, of gun violence and illegal gun use. Um, and so basically they decided that, well, we, we have this narrative that that guns are uh, being used in this epidemic of gun violence. And if we you know, release this other information kind of undermining that by saying, well, also guns are used defensively uh, very, very often, it, it kind of, you know, it doesn't really fit that narrative. And so they just didn't publish it. And because they were the only ones who had access to that information by not publishing it, uh, they, they essentially you know, refused to give the public all of the available information um, to make you know, rational determinations about policy. Uh, so they really just gave the public one side of the story. Right. And if they are, if it's the Center for Disease Control, and if they're trying to control the disease of gun violence, um, wouldn't it make sense to let the people who would spread that disease be aware that there are people out there with um, um, a, uh, a maybe a, a, a means to prevent the disease, and it would maybe oh, ab- cut down absolutely. on the disease? Absolutely. And in fact, I'm glad you brought that up because there have been studies that have done uh, that have been done that have looked at burglary burglary rates in the United States as opposed to in um, the UK, where guns uh, for private ownership are, are effectively banned, um, especially when it comes to handguns. Um, you know, like if you don't have a hunting rifle that, you know, took you five years to license, you, you essentially don't have a legal right to a gun. Uh, and so these studies found that burglary rates uh, in the United, or, sorry, burglary rates in England uh, in terms of when home, in, home intruders came in knowing that the place was, was occupied were actually 60% higher and the reason for this, when they started asking burglars uh, in the U.S. And, and in the United Kingdom um, about these differences, people in the United Kingdom, essentially, you know, it, the fact that no one was armed made it so that if someone's home and I rob them while they're home, well, I can make them open the safe. They, they have to show me where their valuables are. But burglars in the United States had the opposite effect. Where they're like, well, if someone's home, I don't know if they're armed, you know, there's a much higher risk of confrontation. Um, and so in that sense, we've actually seen studies that show that exact same thing, that when, when would-be criminals know that their target is armed, they, they either find another target or they don't commit the crime. Yeah, um, or, So you're exactly right. Or they at least have the courtesy to wait till the person leaves their house before they burglarize it. That, that's right, it, because we also know that statistically, when, when burglaries are committed when someone's home, um, it, it's much more likely to end in, in violence toward that individual. Yeah, and um, uh, you have uh, lots of examples in your piece at the Heritage uh, Foundation um, uh, where examples just from March, I think there are nine of them, uh, interesting examples. Do you have any favorites in that group? Um, you know, I, I think... One of my favorites has to be the the one from March 28th in Miami, um, where it was uh, a young man who answered a knock on his door at, at 2 a.m. Um, this, this man lived in a home with his, his grandmother and great-grandmother, and uh, he thought he knew the person at the door. Instead, he opens it, and he's confronted, you know, not just by this person he thought he knew, but by some strange man armed with a rifle who forces his way inside the home. Um, so, of course, his grandmother and great-grandmother kind of hear the scuffle and come out. Um, and the intruder starts like, getting into a physical confrontation with his grandmother. Um, and, and it's at that point uh, that, you know, in that confrontation, uh, this young homeowner takes that rifle out of the man's hand um, and is able to shoot him with it. And, and he, he tells police afterwards, he's like, I felt that if I was going to die right there, they were going to kill my grandmother and my great-grandmother. Um, where, it, you know, that guy didn't even have 
the protection. He had to take that firearm from the man who was committing a crime against him. Um, but, but to have that, that strength and that courage uh, to then be able to defend himself with that gun, to become the good guy with the gun, um, is to me incredible. And, and I think it really emphasizes um, just how much danger people are in when they are outgunned and outnumbered um, and, and needing to protect people who are, are vulnerable individuals. Bad night for the burglar. Um, Absolutely. Uh, I, one of my one of the ones I, I think is interesting is um, it, it's from back in February. Uh, three armed men attempted to rob a Little Caesars restaurant in North Fort Myers, Florida. A patron inside pulled his own firearm to defend other customers. One suspect was shot, and the other two fled. When I read that, I, what I thought about was, I'm wondering. I'm, I'm going to guess that Little Caesars restaurants, uh, the the franchise would have a policy that their employees are not allowed to have guns. And would yeah, bur- and no, burglars I, probably I find that out. Yeah, and, and I, I, don't, I don't know about uh, Little Caesar's policy, but I do know that even in the list of, of reports we have from March, there were at least a couple of them that were employees. Um, so one was from an auto parts store where uh, a customer from earlier in the day had gotten mad um, and actually came back with a shotgun. Um, to a fully crowded auto parts store. And it was the employee um, who was able to draw his own firearm and, and eliminate that threat before um, that individual could, could injure um, or, or kill other people in the store. Um, so it really does be- become this narrative sometimes of, you know, it's not just a good guy with a gun defending himself, but a good guy with a gun defending the lives of those around him. Um, so it, it's those types of things we have to take into account as well. We're talking to Amy Schwerer. She's a legal policy analyst at the Fairness Foundation. Amy, you'd write a lot about uh, Second Amendment issues. Um, I would imagine at some point you're going to be, if you haven't already, focused on what's happening here in Pittsburgh, where the mayor uh, is going to be, well, someone's going to try to impeach him because they pa- he passed a law that uh, goes against everything that the Constitution of Pennsylvania says about whether municipalities and local governments can pass gun restriction laws. But part of that, I don't know if you're aware of that, but the but the um, part of this law is includes a red flag law, and uh, Mayor Bill Peduto here apparently is trying to push that in cities all over the country. What do you know about red flag laws and their chances of becoming widespread? So red flag laws are, are based on, you know, I, I think a concept we all generally agree with, just as an underlying concept that there are individuals who, um, whether from mental illness or for another reason, um, are, are actually a danger to themselves or others. You know, by their actions, um, you know, are, are unhinged. Uh, kind of like with we saw what we saw with regard to the the kid before Parkland. Um, you know, th- there are people who, for whatever reason, um, are in a dangerous state of mind. The, the question becomes, how do you ensure that that they are disarmed uh, without infringing on the rights of others? And while ensuring uh, that they have due process and that any disarmament you know, is, is temporary and necessary um, and that it's not just being used broadly to disarm um, you know, generally the population. Um, I, I'm not very familiar with uh, the exact wording of, of the laws that exist in Pittsburgh, um, though it is rather curious to me that there would be a, a citywide red flag law. Um, because I, I'm not sure, you know, you, you talked about that, that state preemption law. Um, I'm not even sure that Pittsburgh would have the, the authority under Pennsylvania law. No, they don't. That, that type of thing. That's what's being challenged, um, yeah. Right. Um, you know, so when it comes to red flag laws, um, you know, it's, it's hard without knowing the specifics of the Pittsburgh law. Um, but, but if there can absolutely be due process, um, you know, a, a fair hearing, uh, prior to, to any restrictions of rights, uh, and if we know that uh, it is just temporary, that that person, you know, for whatever reason, uh, if they're treated for that mental illness, um, if a year from now, that whenever they are no longer a danger to themselves or others, um, that, that that moment of time is not held against them for the rest of their lives, that they do have their rights restored. Amy, um, and so those are, Amy, I am absolutely out of time against the hard break. All right. We'll talk about it again. Appreciate you being here. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, that's Amy Swearer. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. In an exchange with Democrat Senator Gene Shaheen of New Hampshire, 
Attorney General William Barr says he is going to investigate whether the Trump campaign was spied upon during 2016. I think there's a spying did occur. Yes, I think spying did occur. Well, let me... But the uh, question is whether it was predicated, adequately predicated. And I'm not suggesting it wasn't adequately predicated, but I need to explore that. I think it's my obligation. Barr was testifying for a second day at a congressional budget hearing that was dominated by questions about special counsel Robert Mueller's Trump-Russia investigation. On Wall Street, the Dow by six points to 26,157. The Nasdaq rose 55. The S&P advanced 10. And oil was up 63 cents to close at $64.61 a barrel on the New York Mercantile Exchange. This is SRN News. When it comes to your pain, many of you might be skeptical, like I was, about ordering Relief Factor. Pat Boone again for this wonderful 100% drug-free supplement designed to help your own body lower or eliminate occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, everyday living. I'm not skeptical any longer. The three-week quick start is now discounted to only $19.95. Why don't you let us see if we can get you out of pain, too, at relieffactor.com. As soon as we're back out in our yard, yep, we get company. Dandelions, lurking crabgrass, and wheat-thin grass. But Scout's Turf Builder Triple Action takes care of them all. Now, with one bag, you can kill weeds, prevent crabgrass for up to four months, and feed for greener grass. Triple Action, so your lawn thrives, guaranteed. Only from Scott's. Weeds aren't welcome here. This is a Scott's Yard. Pick up a bag of Scott's Triple Action today. Hugh Hewitt explains the crisis on our southern border. So the Congress passed, but neither Bush nor Obama nor Trump have finished the 700 miles of authorized fencing. It looks like the country's open. The problem, it's Central America and Venezuela uh, exploding with economic migrants. They think that life is better in the United States, and you know what? They're right. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250. The Answer. Hurt in an accident? I can't help you. But if you've invented a new product, improved an existing device, or need help registering a trademark, call me, Attorney Gary Topoloski, at 877-5-PATENT. I've been helping clients protect their ideas for nearly 35 years. Email me at patentlawyerpittsburgh.com. Ask about my discounts for veterans and seniors. 877-572-8368. Now's the time to pursue your dreams, but let's protect them first. Pella has done it again with our brand new lifestyle series. Pella can customize window replacement solutions room by room. Imagine bedroom and bathroom windows with shades between the glass. A room darkening experience for sleep in one room and beautiful privacy in the other. Pella Lifestyle Series is the number one performing wood window and patio door. For a limited time, get 50% off installation in 12 months, no payments, no interest. Call 888-77-PELLA or PellaPittsburgh.com. Tax season is here again with more tax law changes than we've seen in 30 years. But no matter how difficult your return is, William Egan CPA can make it easy. William Egan is the local CPA for everyday people. Bill and his staff can demystify your tax filing process for less money than the big national chains with work that's guaranteed. He's been doing it for over 20 years. He can do it for you. Visit SteelCityCPA.com. William Egan, the local CPA for everyday people. Like you at SteelCityCPA.com. Hey there. What's up, bruh? Hello. Aloha. Hey, y'all. Hey. Hola. Hi. It takes a lot of voices to create the sound of us. The Y welcomes all of them with open arms. From career readiness to safe spaces, the Y is there. No matter who we are. Now, more than ever, they need your support. Support your local Y today. The Y for a better us. Read by members of the Y. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. On the Parkway North, it is heavy on the outbound side. Capborn Road up to 79. Now, northbound 79, there was an accident approaching Warrendale Bean Road. It's been cleared out, but still really slow from 65 up to that point. Parkway West, very heavy inbound, approaching 79 to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Pretty typical volume on the Parkway East. Outbound 28 slows down Parkway North to the Highland Park Bridge. And the ramp from outbound 28 to Chestnut Street is shut down for construction. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer, weather. 
Mostly cloudy tonight with a low near 40 degrees for tomorrow, turning warmer again with clouds and some intervals of sunshine, the high right around 70. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy and mild with a low of 57. Then for Friday, cloudy skies with periods of rain along with a thunderstorm from mid-morning on. Friday's high 69 degrees. With the Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. So is Twitter messing with me? Um, it's too bad that you have to be suspicious. And I, I really hesitate to assume that I matter enough that Twitter would try to censor me or prevent me from getting followers or prevent people from seeing me do my radio show, but uh, we can't figure it out here. We had been streaming this show live on Twitter for a couple of months, uh, and then all of a sudden on Friday we were blacked out. We couldn't get, uh, we couldn't get our feed up on Twitter, so we checked everything. Uh, everything was okay. The camera's working right. Uh, Wi-Fi is fine, uh, but can't get up on Twitter for the last uh, four or five days. So it's too bad that because of uh, what has happened to so many conservatives on Twitter that you have to be suspicious, and maybe they are messing with me. Uh, if they are, I should you know, take it as a compliment. Again, I'm, I hesitate to think that little old me would be somebody they'd, they'd care about. But anyway, uh, it's, it's up there. We're trying to get it up there on Twitter. So if you've missed it, uh, that's the reason why it hasn't, it's disappeared, and we don't know the answer. Maybe somebody out there can help me find out uh, why Twitter is not carrying the show, I, I don't know. Um, but uh, you can follow me on Twitter at SteigerWorld. And uh, right now we are live on YouTube. So you can search The Answer Pittsburgh. That's on YouTube. Search The Answer Pittsburgh and you'll find us. Not a lot of people watching there because we just put it up. But we had quite a few watching on the Twitter feed, and we liked it, and we'd like to get it back. We'll see if we can. But, you know, I wore a really nice outfit today, and I'd hate to see it you know, go to waste. So if you please watch it. If you don't see it live, you know, check it out on YouTube. Um, just uh, search Answer Pittsburgh, and you'll find us. So on to other things. Uh, Candace Owens, she's a superstar. Uh, I'm sure you've seen her, a black woman who is uh, very much a conservative and very much a Donald Trump uh, supporter. Yesterday, she was speaking in front of the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, Gerald Nadler, one of the most annoying people in America, is the chairman of that committee on a Democrat. And the purpose of the hearing was to examine white nationalists uh, and their hate crimes. But you have to hear what uh, uh, Jacob, I'm sorry, Gerald Nadler how he tried to ambush her as the um, as the hearing was as her testimony was getting ready to start, and then listen how she wipes up the floor with him right here. Of all the people that Republicans could have selected, they picked Candace Owens. I don't know Miss Owens. I'm not going to characterize her. I'm going to let her own words do the talking. So I'm going to play for you the first 30 seconds of a statement she made about Adolf Hitler. I agree. I, I actually don't have any problems at all with the word nationalism. I think that it gets, uh, the definition gets poisoned um, by elitists that actually want globalism. Globalism is what I, what I don't want. So when you think about whenever we say nationalism, the first thing people think about, in, at least in America, is Hitler. You know, he was a national socialist. But if Hitler just wanted to make Germany great and have things run well, okay, fine. The problem is, is that he wanted, he had dreams outside of Germany. He wanted to globalize. He wanted everybody to be German, everybody to be speaking German. Would you like time to respond to that? Yes, um, I think it's pretty apparent that uh, Mr. Lu believes that black people are stupid and will not uh, pursue the full clip in its entirety. He purposely presented an extract, an extracted witness, clip. Witness will suspend for a moment. It is not proper to refer disparagingly or with, to a member of the committee. Uh, the witness will not do that again. Witness may continue. Sure, even though I was called despicable. Um, Witness may not refer to a member of the committee as stupid. I didn't refer to him as stupid. That's not what I said. That's not what I said at all. You, you didn't listen to what I said. May I continue? Please. As I said, he is assuming that black people will not go pursue the full two-hour clip. 
and he purposefully extracted, he cut off and you didn't hear the question that was asked of me. He's trying to present as if I was launching a defense of Hitler in Germany when in fact the question that was asked of me was pertaining to whether or not I believed that Hitler was a, whether or not I believed in nationalism and that nationalism was bad. And what I responded to was that I do not believe that we should be characterizing Hitler as a nationalist. He was a homicidal, psychopathic maniac that killed his own people. A nationalist would not kill their own people. That is exactly what I was referring to in the clip, and he purposely wanted to give you a cut-up similar to what they do to Donald Trump to create a different narrative. That was unbelievably dishonest, and he did not allow me to respond to it, which is worrisome and to tell you a lot about where people are today in terms of trying to drum up narratives. By the way, I would like to also add that I work for Prager University, which is run by an Orthodox Jew, and a single Democrat showed up to the embassy opening in Jerusalem. I sat on a plane for 18 hours to make sure that I was there. I'm deeply offended by the insinuation of, of revealing that clip without the question that was asked of me. So Nadler was so stupid that he was sitting there listening to her and somehow decided that she had called the uh, the other member of Congress, I forget who it was, stupid, when it was obvious to anybody who was paying attention, as he probably wasn't, maybe he, I don't know what he was doing, but uh, he wasn't paying attention because he, 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 he cut her off and said, you're not allowed to call a member of Congress stupid, which is a good thing for people, members of Congress, but that, she's not allowed to do that. So, but she didn't do it, and he wasn't paying enough attention. So, um, here's, uh, here's a, before I let you, this is a long clip from her, uh, from yesterday, from Candace Owens. There are black people out there who, who, uh, really don't like her. And think that she doesn't understand the black condition, then maybe that she's uh, maybe being called as an uncle, Tom, uh, considered an uncle Tom. Um, uh, but what really, and I don't, I've seen some comments like that. But what surprises me about that is that there was a time when a black woman acting this way with so much courage and defiance in Congress, you know what they would have called her not that long ago? Uppity. They would have called her uppity. They would have said that she was a little bit too uppity for a for a for a black person. And this is what I like about her. And I don't understand why she's not a hero uh, among the black community. I'm not black, so I don't. You know, maybe I don't get it. But this woman has. I was going to say something, but I won't. She has guts. And uh, just listen to her talk, and that's all you need to do. There isn't a single adult today that in good conscience would make the argument that America is a more racist or a more white nationalist society than it was when my grandfather was growing up. And yet we're hearing these terms sent around today because what they want to say is that brown people need to be scared, which seems to be the narrative that we hear every four years right ahead of a presidential election. Uh, Mr. I just want to say here, I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, in case you didn't know, her grandfather, who was at one time a sharecropper, was sitting behind her as she was testifying. That's why she referred to her grandfather. There isn't a single adult today that in good conscience would make the argument that America is a more racist or a more white nationalist society than it was when my grandfather was growing up. And yet we're hearing these terms sent around today because what they want to say is that brown people need to be scared which seems to be the narrative that we hear every four years right ahead of a presidential election. Uh, Mr. Chairman, Ranking Member Mr. Collins, uh, thank you for having me here today. I received word on my way in that many of the journalists were confused as to why I was invited, and none of them knew uh, that I myself uh, was the victim of a hate crime when I was in high school. That's something that very few people know about me, uh, because the media and the journalists and the left are not interested in telling the truth about me, because I don't fit the stereotype of what they like to see in black people. I'm a Democrat. I support the President of the United States, and I advocate for things that are actually affecting the black community. I'm honored to be here today in front of you all because the person sitting behind me is my 75-year-old grandfather. I've always considered myself to be my grandfather's child, and I mean to say that my sense of humor, my passion, and my work ethic all comes from the man that is sitting behind me. My grandfather grew up on a sharecropping farm in the segregated South. He grew up in an America where words like racism and white nationalism held real meaning under the Democrat Party's Jim Crow laws. My grandfather's first job was given to him at the age of five years old, and his job was to lay tobacco out to dry in an attic in the South. My grandfather has picked cotton, and he has also had experiences with a Democrat terrorist organization of that time, the Ku Klux Klan. 
They would regularly visit his home and they would shoot bullets into it. They had an issue with his father, my great-grandfather. During my formative years, I had the privilege of growing up in my grandfather's home. It's going to shock the committee, but not once, not in a single breath of a conversation, did my grandfather tell me that I could not do something because of my skin color. Not once did my grandfather hold a gripe against the white man. I was simply never taught to view myself as a victim because of my heritage. I, I learned about faith in God, family, and hard work. Those were the only lessons of my childhood. There isn't a single adult today that in good conscience would make the argument that America is a more racist or a more white nationalist society than it was when my grandfather was growing up. And yet we're hearing these terms sent around today because what they want to say is that brown people need to be scared, which seems to be the narrative that we hear every four years right ahead of a presidential election. Here are some things we never hear. 75% of the black boys in California don't meet state reading standards. In inner cities like Baltimore, within five high schools and one middle school, not a single student was found to be proficient in math or reading in 2016. The single, mother would, the single motherhood rate in the black community, which was at 23% in the 1960s when my grandfather was coming up, is at a staggering 74% today. I am guessing there will be no committee hearings about that. There are more black babies born, there are more black babies aborted than born alive in cities like New York, and you have Democrat Governor Andrew Cuomo lighting up buildings to celebrate late-term abortions. I could go on and on, but my point is that white nationalism, white nationalism does not do any of those things that I just brought up. Democrat policies did. Let me be clear. The hearing today is not about white nationalism or hate crimes. It's about fear-mongering, power, and control. It's a preview of a Democrat 2020 election strategy, same as the Democrat 2016 election strategy. They blame Facebook, they blame Google, they blame Twitter. Really, they blame the birth of social media, which has disrupted their monopoly on minds. They called this hearing because they believe that if it wasn't for social media, voices like mine would never exist. That my movement, Blexit, which is inspiring black Americans to lead, to lead the Democrat Party, would have never come about. And they certainly believe that Donald Trump would not be in office today. Looking on the next thing to focus on now that the Russian collusion hoax has fallen apart. What they won't tell you about this, the statistics and the rise of white nationalism is that they've simply changed the data set points by widening the definition of hate crimes and upping the number of reporting agencies that are able to report on them. What I mean to say is that they're manipulating statistics. The goal here is to scare blacks, Hispanics, gays, and Muslims into helping them, center, helping them censor dissenting opinions, ultimately into helping them regain control of our country's narrative, which they feel that they lost. They feel that President Donald Trump should not have beat Hillary. If they actually were concerned about white nationalism, they would be holding hearings on Antifa, a far-left, violent, white gang who determined one day in Philadelphia in August that I, a black woman, was not fit to sit in a restaurant. They chased me out. They yelled race traitor to a group of black and Hispanic police officers who formed a line to protect me from their ongoing assaults. They threw water at me. They threw eggs at me. And the leftist media remained silent on it. If they were serious about the rise of hate crimes, we may, they may perhaps be examining themselves and the hate that they have drummed up in this country. Bottom line is that white supremacy, racism, nation, white nationalism, words that once held real meaning, have now become nothing more than election strategies. Every four years, the black community has offered handouts and fear. Handouts and fear. Reparations and white nationalism. This is the Democrat preview. Of course, society is not perfectible. We've heard testimony of that today. There are pockets of evil that exist, and those things are horrible, and they should be condemned. But I believe the legacy and the ancestry of black Americans is being insulted every single day. I will not pretend to be a victim in this country, and I know that that makes many people on the left uncomfortable. I want to talk about real issues in black America. I want to talk about real issues in this country and real concerns. The biggest scandal, this is my last sentence, in American politics is that Democrats have been conning minorities into the belief that we are perpetual victims, all but ensuring our failure. Racial division and class warfare are central to the Democrat Party platform. They need blacks to hate whites, the rich to hate the poor, and soon enough it'll be the tall hating the short. And compare that to Alexandria overrated Cortez. Just, just think about that. Just go find a video of her while this... Uh, what you just heard is still fresh in your mind uh, or find some kind of a soundbite from her and listen to that idiot. 
So how could I just don't know how anybody could disagree with what she said. Uh, she should. She's a superstar, and uh, I didn't think that uh, clip was too long at all. I loved every second of it, and we'll be right back. Have you seen the smiles on the faces of the players as they take the field? I'm not talking about the Pirates. I'm talking about what's happening in Moon Township that can only be described as a miracle. This is John Stagerwald. With the help of Pirates Charities and people like yourself, the Miracle League of Moon Township has broken ground on a brand new ball field and adaptive playground where athletes with special needs can play regardless of their ability. At miraclesinmoon.org, you can see the stunning plans for the 9,500-square-foot playground and state-of-the-art ADA-compliant restroom facility with showers, wave technology, multi-level fountains and sinks, mechanical changing tables, and more. It's incredible. Our goal? To raise the remaining funds they need to bring it home by first pitch this September. Check it out at miraclesinmoon.org slash donate and make your tax-deductible gift today. That's miraclesinmoon.org slash donate. This message paid for by Robinson Town Center, a Zamias Properties entity. It's where the Sahara meets the Nile and the Mediterranean Sea. Only here exists the perfect conditions for growing the finest cotton in the world. I'm John Sagerwald. Nowhere else can you find cotton so luxuriously soft and light, yet super strong and able to hold deep, vibrant colors wash after wash. It's this very cotton Mike Lindell has used to create MyPillow's Giza Dreams bed sheets. Try them once, you'll never want to sleep on anything else again. And right now, get a special 30% off MyPillow Dream Sheets with free shipping. Use promo code STAG when you call 800-716-8087 or place your order at MyPillow.com. 60-day money-back guarantee if you're not completely satisfied. Call 800 716 8087 or visit mypillow.com and be sure to use promo code STAG for 30% off plus free shipping. Sweet dreams from MyPillow. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3366 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3366. Enjoy. Getting close to retirement? Experienced a nice Trumponomics bump in your portfolio? Well, we know the market goes up, and unfortunately, we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you design a retirement plan that is bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley Financial uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure that you have a retirement plan that is tax-friendly, stable, and worry free. Oh, and speaking of taxes, did you know that Marley Financial can handle that too? With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. Call today for a no-obligation consultation to see just how for 25 years the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. Call 724-884-1496 today. 724-884-1496 or visit them at Marley F. G.com. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, let's finish with some sports here. Uh, the Penguins, I believe, uh, rumors have it, are opening the playoffs tonight against the New York Islanders. And uh, something you should understand that uh, this is a big, big deal around here. Um, the uh, New York Islanders, n- uh, nobody cares. I mean, this, it's just, sorry. That if you think that it's a big deal in New York or on the island or wherever you would be to be an Islanders fan, if you think it's as big a deal there as it is in Pittsburgh, 
There's a, I have a note here that said the Islanders' TV ratings for this season skyrocketed. They, sky, they went from 0.21 TV rating last year. This year they're up to a 0.47. Oh, 0.47. I don't have the Penguins' 2019 ratings, but I, I would bet that they're at least as good or better than last year. And um, last year... The Penguins' uh, t- TV ratings, a uh, 5.81. Now, I'm going to read that to you again. The Penguins last year got a 5.81. The Islanders last year got a 0.21. 0.21. I'm not really that good in math, but is that like 100 times more, 100 times Better than the Islanders' ratings. Nobody in the on uh, uh, in the island cares. There have been two. There have been too too many teams in the New York market for a long time. For as long as the Islanders and the Devils have been there with the Rangers, that's too too many. Um, the, and they're excited this year. They, their ratings are up to a zero point four seven. Last year in the uh, opening round of the playoffs, the Penguins had a nineteen rating. Now. You can figure that the the um, Islanders are going to get since it's a playoff game. I'm going to guess they get like a 1.5, which would mean that the Penguins are about 20 times more um, appealing or more of a story in this market than they are in the New York market because um, they're going to get at least a, a 19 tonight. I, I think playing against the Islanders and the Islanders, if they double their um, regular season ratings, they will go to a one and a half. If the Penguins will uh, double theirs, just double theirs, they'd go to a 12. So that would be almost 12 times more. So it's, it's going to be at least 15 to 20 times more interest, uh, at least uh, measured by TV viewers tonight watching the Penguins in the Pittsburgh market in Western PA, then there will be on the uh, in in the tri-state area, as they call it up there, the Rangers, Devils, and Islanders. I think the uh, Penguins will win the series. They will play uh, like a playoff team should play, and the Islanders, who are a very good defensive team, won't have that much of an edge because the Penguins will play the kind of game you need to play in the playoffs to win. They know how to do it. They've been there before. And the Penguins will win in five or six. I'll see you tomorrow. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.